wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Joseph Matichic, Secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia, and I'm delighted to be the host for your, the program today. Welcome along wherever you may be joining us. Our text line number is 0488 880811. Welcome to a new week on Drive Time. Our topic for this week is making sense of conspiracy theories. And our question today does the Bible have anything to say about conspiracy theories? Joining me is today on the show is Pastor William Owala. William is the pastor of the Paravista and Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Churches in Adelaide, South Australia. Good afternoon, William. Good afternoon, Joseph. Glad to be back with you in the studio. Yeah, welcome back to another new week on uh, Drive Time here. It's great great to be able to, to be together. We, we've got an interesting topic, haven't we? Absolutely do. One that's very relevant in today's climate. <laughs> Conspiracy theories, and does the the Bible have anything to say about it? That's that's really what we want to um, to, to unpack, uh, William. Um, now, um, William, we we are aware of the fact that um, a lot of people are still uh, quite affected by by COVID restrictions. Uh, many people in in lockdown still, and uh, we again want to say, if you are in lockdown, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Um, and we want to encourage you, uh, please, uh, tune, stay tuned to Faith FM as we, uh, want this to be an opportunity for you to, to get an encouragement and, and get a boost to, uh, to what you might be going through. Uh, we think of you at this point in time and, and, and pray for you. So keep your, uh, keep tuned to, to Faith FM or download the app and, uh, keep listening. Amen. Um, William, um, Welcome back to an, another new week, and I, I wanted to um, just share uh, with us as we as we kick off, as we as we normally do here on uh, on Drive Time, we like to um, just reflect on you know a bit of World Watch. In other words, look at what's what's happening uh, in uh, in the world, particularly with any religious trends. And um, something that uh, that caught my eye, William, was um, Reports that just come through um, from Hillsong Church. Um, this is, if not the largest, one of the largest uh, Christian churches in Australia. Uh, William, in uh, they're based in Sydney, right. uh, but uh, now they also have um, uh, churches and 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 uh, related congregations around uh, around the country, and also even uh, e- even overseas. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar at all with uh, with Hill, Hillsong Church. Um, it, it's also referred to as Australia's based mega church, um, and um, uh, it, yeah, based there in Sydney, been been running there for for a number of years. Um, now, obviously, not now due to due to COVID restrictions, but prior to that, William, they would they would have um, uh, thousands of people yep. um, there at their at their main centre there in in Sydney. 
um, massive facilities, yeah. uh, huge complex there. Um, and um, they run conferences, yep. seminars, uh, training programs, a lot of music, uh, a lot of worship music that's been produced, uh, sung by many, many churches around Australia and even now, now around the world. Um, their, um, their founding pastor, Brian Houston, um, has, um, has just stepped down from almost all of his positions there. Uh, he, he made this statement that he says, I've made a decision to step aside from my role on the Hillsong Church boards that oversee the governance of our operations. Uh, he said this, um, Mr. Houston, who's uh, 67 years of age, he said, I did this so that these boards can function to their fullest capacity during, during this season. Uh, he is going to retain his role as global senior pastor. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, this doesn't change my role as global senior pastor. Um, I thought it was important to let our church family know in the interest of transparency and wanted you hear from me directly, he said. Um, he, um, unfortunately, what's, uh, what's transpired here is that, um, he's, he has been charged with, um, uh, concealing alleged child sex offences committed by his late father, uh, the, uh, who's also a pastor, Frank Houston. And um, uh, the, the report says that um, uh, the, the, court, it, the police are going to allege in court that, um, that he knew information relating to the sexual abuse uh, that took place back, back in the 1970s. Um, and um, Mr. Houston himself said, "These charges have come as a shock to me, given how transparent I've always I've always been about about this matter." Uh, and he's uh, due to appear in court uh, coming up coming up next month. Um, the other uh, thing that that's emerged um, just in the last little while uh, reports from uh, staff employees there at at Hillsong. Um, who have alleged that they have been um, either sexually abused or um, that they have been uh, indecently assaulted, um, yeah. and that when they reported it to, uh, to to the to the church leaders at Hillsong, uh, they took no no action, um, and it, until right. until they uh, went to social media, posted things on social media. And then suddenly, uh, the, the, the church has kind of looked into it. Um, and this has just, just really come out, this, uh, r- reports of this, um, which is, um, yeah, really, really quite, um, I guess, um, uh, quite unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, it reminds me how, well, a few things there, William, the, the, um, the, the media really picks on when churches and church leaders are seen to cover up allegations of impropriety, whether it be abuse or whether it be uh, moral moral indiscretions, mm-hmm. they they really they really pick up on that. Um, and here's just another example of where uh, this is this has come come to the fore. Uh, now, here, as far as Hillsong is concerned, um, there are these allegations, um, explosive new allegations about um, volunteers uh, being and, and other people that were involved helping out there um, being inappropriately inappropriately treated. Um, I'm I'm reminded of the fact, uh, William, that. Um, uh, not that long ago, there was another. There was a really major Christian leader, uh, 
Bill uh, Bill Hybels, right, a founder of Willow Creek Community Church there in um near Chicago in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. He was a um, founded that church and it grew to be a massive church. Thousands and thousands attending attending that church. It, it grew over the years. He became a highly sought after speaker, uh, a teacher, um, a presenter on t- teaching uh, uh, pastors and Christian leaders all over the world. And then it emerged in the la- and written many books on Christian leadership mm-hmm. and was really looked up to. Yeah. And then um, just uh, not that long ago, news emerged that he stepped down because of um, a moral indiscretion, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a and, – and he's probably the latest in, in, a, in a list of um, high-profile Christian leaders, preachers, tele-evangelists, can I say, mm-hmm. um, who have had uh, the, these um, – Moral indiscretions. Um, you might even think of some. Uh, uh, you know, just before we went on air, you, you mentioned to me about uh, one that you're aware of. Yeah, um, it's sad to say this, but yeah, one particular evangelical um, uh, Christian apologist by the name of Ravi Zacharias. He's since passed away, but um, yeah, his name has now been embroiled in a lot of. Um, uh, wouldn't say accusation, but he's actually been. Um, a lot of women have come forward uh, expressing that they've been sexually abused or, you know, being taken advantage of over the course of his ministry during, over the years. And that was really hard because, uh, as I was saying to you off air, um, Joseph, um, I had tremendous respect for Ravi Zacharias and the uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, which was, he's the one that, he, that which he co-founded, which he led. Traveled across the world, preaching the gospel, uh, explaining the Christian faith. I mean, he's... A, le- a leading apologist, wasn't Very he? Very much. One of the, perhaps one of the most well-known, uh, Christian apologists all across Australia. Interesting you're mentioning Hillsong in this conf- in this, uh, article because, uh, just a couple of years ago, I went to a Christian apologetics, uh, s- symposium at Hillsong, uh, at their headquarters in Borkham Hills in Sydney. And Ravi, um, and, and his team were, were the presenters. Oh, interesting. So, um, yeah, um, when, when that news broke, it really broke my heart because, um, I think when we think of leaders, especially Christian leaders, there's an element of, of trust that we have in them and the message, uh, that we're, we pray and we believe that their message and their life is, uh, is in alignment. And so when these things come out, you know, it, it, it firstly makes people angry and upset because mm. they p- place so much trust in them or, and, you know, in them as a person and right. their particular office. Right, right. So, yeah, it's, um, um, it's a real sad um, thing that, you know, it's not just leaders, but particularly when it comes to faith leaders. I think the secular uh, audience would look at that as just another reason, if you will, why not to believe in God, because the so-called Christian faith leaders, uh, you know, they're, they as preach and espouse one thing on the public platform, but, yet, in, but uh, in private. Yet, but in private, they may be up to some very devious and quite very sinister um, uh, lives and practices, and that's always going to hurt um, because because you feel like it's um, they not only tarnish their own lives and reputation, but almost tarnishes the Christian faith to which they uh, have been representing all these years. Yeah, so. and, and when we think of churches, um, churches are meant to be really safe places. Yes, uh, and you touched on, and, and you, that's that's exactly the word that um, that there's an incredible level of trust that 
religious leaders, whether they be a church pastor, uh, even a, even a, a, a church elder, local church elder, um, they, they, there is a lot of trust that they that they gain that they have, and uh, sadly, uh, when that trust is misused, yeah, uh, and uh, the, they step over the line. And, uh, and, and commit these, these acts, then they have actually, um, abused their trust and taken advantage of, mm. of people who, who, um, who have been vulnerable. And, um, uh, the whole, um, inquiry in, and the, the Royal Commission into, uh, child abuse by in, uh, institutions, yep. the Royal Commission into that really has exposed that, mm. um, across uh, church institutions as yep. well as, as well as other institutions. Now, William, yep. um, I want to ask you, as we look at, uh, individuals, high profile Christian leaders who've, who've, um, uh, unfortunately had these, uh, moral, moral lapses, is it, is there more that's expected of Christian leaders in the areas of of, of these morals and things like this? What do you think? Um, I guess, I guess, in, in, I guess, in a very simple way, um, when you say you're a, a Christian leader, that you're immediately putting yourself under a particular umbrella that you are espousing and professing to follow Jesus. So immediately. Um, you have put yourself out there as a follower of Jesus. And so, so you have, uh, basically announced to the world that you want to follow the beliefs and practices of the Bible and of the person Jesus Christ. Um, so I think for leaders, uh, especially faith leaders, um, they want to see that, that what they believe and teach and what they hear and see in scripture, that their leaders are living examples of that. You know, I think in the New Testament, Peter talks about elders as being um, examples to the flock. Mm. And so, yeah, definitely in the Christian context, I mean, any religious faith, whether it's Christian or whatever, I mean, you want to know that that leader that you are, uh, that leading your congregation or someone that you uh, are following their specific teachers, and, but for today we're talking about Christian leaders, you want to believe and, and trust that they are living what they um espoused to, to be preaching. Um, I think one thing lesson I draw out of this, um, Joseph, is I remember what my um, uh, what, what my elder, when I, the church I was baptized, uh, Concord Seventh-day Adventist Church, back in 2004. And uh, when I got accepted into the church, um, he's, he's an old man. He's still alive now to this day, Stuart Reed. He's, um, he's in his 90s now, and he's not doing too well. I talk to my brother uh, frequently, and... Um, and he's one of the last living saints, you know. He's such a man of God, and my mm. brother has utmost respect for him, and so do I. Mm. He was there on my baptism. He said to me on that day, um, Joseph, he says, a lot of things will happen in the church, but just keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And I think that rings true today. When we put our faith and trust in religious leaders, they will let us down because they're human at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. And so we have to take it with a grain of salt. I remember when I first come in the church, and I think – I think that's just whether it was just my, if my experience was standalone or others. But when I first came in, I really, I guess, lack of better words, idolized a lot of some of these evangelists that I would watch and listen to online and watch their videos and kind of um, created a picture for myself that these were holy men and they couldn't do anything wrong. But I've since noticed that as I've, you know, been a Christian now in the Adventist church for some, you know, 14 years or so, um, that we're all just human, yeah. you know. I don't put them up on a pedestal anymore, 
And so um, I can watch, I can see them as colleagues now. Well, in, in a sense, they are, because now I'm a pastor and I'm a minister and I watch a fellow uh, colleague and fellow minister preach. And, you know, I, I love to listen to how they expound the text and stuff. Yeah, but I don't really have that awe, you know, oh, wow, this is this particular evangelist. This is this preacher. Mm. I think sometimes that's why people get into cultish uh, environments because they put so much emphasis on this particular individual. Yes. And I think... Um, I think there's there's some uh, connection here is that, um, you know, people are going to let you down, whether they are faith-based or not. And so you just have to, particularly in the religious context, um, yeah, that's why we are counseled um, not to keep our eyes on anyone else yeah. because at the end of the day, we're all sinners. And unfortunately, Christian leaders make mistakes. Uh, some of them make major mistakes, but that shouldn't, uh, dis- you know, uh, destroy our faith in the in the message. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's food for thought for us as as Christians. I really like the way William you you made that point there that uh, any Christian leader ultimately is human. Yep. They're imperfect. They're, they're sinful beings. No matter how how great a speaker or preacher yep. or uh, what a no matter how fabulous a job they may have done in in building up a church or leading or yep. how great a presenter they might be, um, at the end of the day, yeah, our trust is not ultimately in them. Uh, we are to keep our keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Humans ultimately uh, be, let us down. Uh, yep. We cannot cannot fully depend on them and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it can be easier said than done because um, naturally, you know, people that we know and see and, and, and you know, can can hear and listen to, we, we're naturally going to have a bit of an affinity with them, mm. um, uh, particularly if they've helped us in our faith journey. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we need to understand that our, our ultimate trust is not in them. Yep. Uh, it is it, it is in in, uh, in Jesus. And, um, yeah, no, I appreciate that that very much. Look, we, we need to take a break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to look at this fascinating topic that we've got, uh, that we're launch, launching this week. Um, how do we make sense of conspiracy theories? Whoa, that's a, that, <laughs> that, that's a biggie. So we're going to plunge into it, but look, let's, let's take a break. Stay listening. Uh, stay tuned. This is, uh, you're tuned to Drive Time on Faith FM. Uh, let's just hear a lo- lovely piece uh, from Chris Rice, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Fellowship, what a joy divine Leaning on the everlasting arms What a blessedness, what a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all along Everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day. Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning 
Everlasting Arms. You're listening to Faith FM. This is Drive Time BQ&A with Joseph Matichich and I'm joined today by William Mawala. William is the pastor of the Paravista and Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Churches. And uh, this week on Drive Time, as we kick off a, a new week, uh, we are looking at uh, the whole issue of how to make sense of conspiracy theories. And today on the show, uh, we want to answer the question, does the Bible have anything to say about conspiracy theories? Conspiracy theories. Now, what is a conspiracy theory? Um, uh, William, you know, when, when we think about conspiracy theories, there's, there's a fair bit of talk at the moment about conspiracy theories, aren't there? It's, 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 it's quite a, really quite a, quite a topical thing. What is a conspiracy theory? Well, probably a more general answer is that um, I guess you could say a conspiracy theory is um, basically a secret plan, uh, say, by an individual or, say, a group of people to do something unlawful or, say, unharmful. Okay, yeah. So I think the key there that, that you've highlighted is the, the word secret. Yep. Um, and uh, as I said, at the moment there are... Uh, um, th- this is quite a qu- quite quite a topical issue. Um, uh, people, a uh, s- number of people, are seeing that there is uh, that there are conspiracy theories uh, to explain what, what what's happening at the moment. Mm. Uh, a conspiracy theories. Uh, I'm thinking of um, it being defined as is this way. Also, William, a- as explanations that describe the secret and wicked plans yeah. and actions of a powerful group of conspirac- conspirators as the most important cause of an event or state of affairs. Mm. Again, they notice uh, the word secret. Yeah. Um, so uh, just again, what, what what's a conspiracy theory? It's an explanation that describes the secret and wicked plans and actions of a powerful group um, as the most important cause of an event or state of affairs. So it's really... A uh, conspiracy theory essentially is saying that something is happening behind the scenes 
to what we are seeing. Yep. It's almost like a, there's a hidden agenda. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm, when I hear the word secret, it's, it's not out there in the, in, you know, you've got to kind of dig for it a bit. It's almost like if you're really, I guess, alert or the, the word that's being floated around today is if you are woke, the woke generation, they're the ones that are awake to all of these, Things that are happening. Okay. Uh-huh. And so people who love conspiracy theories tend to be people who claim to be, they're the ones awake. They're the ones that are noticing the signs of the times. Everybody else is asleep. Everyone's just lulled into this false sense of security. And, and people who drive conspiracy theories, they're the ones that are supposedly championing truth, championing, um, understanding what's happening. And a lot of times it's, it's more like this almost somewhat of a personal responsibility. Right. So sometimes it, it it can stem from a, a sincere desire to let people, other people know. Mm. But um, as we're going to find out now today's show and this the rest of this week, um, you know, conspiracies can actually be quite harmful. Mm. Um, not just to the people per- perpetrating it, but the effects of what it does to the people around them. And um, and we we're seeing it in churches. We're seeing it in all facets of our culture today. Mm. And I'd love to hear from our listeners, William. We'd lo- love to hear from them. Can can you text through any conspiracy theory that that you may have heard of or that 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 you're aware of that, that that that's that that shared? What's a conspiracy theory that you are aware of? Text it through on our text line number 0488880811. Do you know of any conspiracy theory? Uh, let us know what's one that perhaps you've heard of. Um, please text it through. And uh, love to hear from you uh, on our text line number again, 0488880811. William, when we talk about conspiracy theories, there, there, are, there have been a number of notable ones, haven't there? Yep. Um, for example, um, and you know, I'm sure you can think of some uh, too and, and, and throw in there. Uh, let's, let's just uh, remind ourselves and just uh, recap on some of the more notable conspiracy theories. One is that the Holocaust didn't really happen. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> then another a famous... Well, I shouldn't laugh because at the end of the day, there's some people who really, really believe this stuff. And I think that's what's somewhat sad about today's discussion is... Is um, it polarizes people because there's some people who kind of gravitate towards this community who all agree on this, and yeah, and just kind of their whole life is wrapped around this theory that they believe in their heart of hearts that it's true. So how do you really reason with someone who their whole life is based on these premises, uh, where the Holocaust didn't happen, or you know, we're going to share a few today. But um, it's interesting you say that because when you, you know, if you deny a conspiracy theory, uh, the people who believe the theory will say, "Well, there you are. You're you're actually, uh, yep, you're just one of the um, caught up in it. Yeah, yep. oblivious to the fact that yeah, um, some other notable conspiracy theories are these." Uh, it, that it was the CIA that assassinated the U.S. President John F. Kennedy, not a lone gunman, as as is recorded in in, in, right, in history. Okay. Yep. Uh, another really really um, notable conspiracy theory is 
that the moon landing in 1969 didn't really yeah. occur. <laughs> yeah. It was staged and recorded on a film set. Right. Um, what's another one? That the royal family arranged for Princess Diana's death. Wow. I, I actually haven't heard that one. Um, yeah. And then, then there's the, the real biggie, and that is 9-11, uh, which incidentally, not it was just the other day that we had the 20th anniversary yeah. of it. Um, but yeah, that, that the events of nine eleven or September eleven two thousand and one, um, the the airplanes that flew into those uh, World Trade Center buildings in in New York, um, yeah, the nine eleven was uh, was orchestrated and that it was an inside job essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, what's another conspiracy theory, William? Another one is that the Earth is flat. Um, Wow. Um, another okay. one is that uh, the global warming is is simply a hoax. And look, we could we could mention m- mention others. Uh, that's an example of what we mean by conspiracy theories. Mm. Now, here on uh, Faith FM, here on Drive Time, William, we, we're not here just to uh, talk about just various conspiracy theories. We want to actually look at uh, this from a, a biblical point of view, don't right. we? Uh, we want to we want to make sense of this. Um, Make sense of it uh, for for Christians. Make sense of it uh, from a from a sound biblical position. So, William, does the Bible have anything to say about conspiracy theories? Yeah, um, I think a couple of things needs to be said um, just before we jump into that. Um, Joseph is. Um, I just want to. Uh, there's a particular article uh, called "The False Faith." of conspiracy theories. And by the way, we're drawing from an article that our good friend and colleague, uh, Pastor David Butcher, uh, he uh, wrote an article in, in our one of our church publications, and um, the title is called Chaos, Conspiracies in Christ. And um, yeah, he's, he brings out some pretty good, uh, pretty good insights that we want to share with our listeners today. But uh, he mentioned an article um, called The False Faith of Conspiracy Theories, written by a certain Mr. William McCall. And in the article, uh, basically, Mr. McCall argues that conspiracy theories, um, generally, re- theories represent false religions. And, and here's why he said that. He notes a couple of the following things. Um, conspiracy theories demand faith. And so, by their nature, they are unprovable. It's very interesting. Mm, okay. So, you can have a conspiracy theory about anything um, because at the end of the day, you can't really prove whether it's right or wrong. I think that's what's so appealing about it because people can just kind of um, latch on to these ideas with no necessarily substantive, uh, you know, um, uh, basis for their theories. Um, Nicole also says in this article that conspiracy theories are a form of gossip. Uh, often when facts do not conform to our prejudices, um, we adopt conspiracy theories to justify our beliefs. He also says that uh, conspiracy theories uh, are a form of gossip. Um, Jesus tells us to watch, not speculate. And we're going to talk a little bit more from the biblical uh, perspective in a few moments. But just a couple of these um uh, dot points uh, from the William McGall's article. He says also that conspiracy theories um, demonize individuals and even whole groups. Mm. Um, when people have particular conspiracy theories, that particular person by these people perpetrating these particular, um, say, theories, whoever their person that is in their crosshairs as the reason or the face of everything that's wrong, you know, they really really out to get them. They want to hurt them, you know. Um, so they really demonize um, 
particular individuals um, and even their whole groups. Uh, conspiracy theories offer false solutions. And I like this one, uh, Joseph. Listen to this. Conspiracy theories offer false solutions and simplistic rationales for a chaotic world. Which actually is probably a reason that they are actually believed, William. Uh, because in, in a chaotic world, people are looking for solutions. Yeah. They're, they're looking for explanations. Yep. And often these conspiracy theories, uh, for some people, provide that explanation and the aha, that's what's going on. Yep. That's what's really behind this. Yep. Yeah, so it's a false sense of of a solution to uh, but could be a very complex one, whatever they um, are perpetrating. A couple more points here on this uh, little section here with Willie McGall. Conspiracy theories bolster pride. Uh, in other words, they have secret information, Joseph, that no one else has. And uh. I think that is a huge part. I think, I'm not a psychologist, but I think if you knew something and no one else knew it, there is a sense of pride there yeah. that you have somehow arrived at the truth or somehow you have, uh, you know, you have got it and others have it. So you feel almost somewhat, uh, in a better standing, if you will, because mm. you've received this so-called light and they have it. So yeah, it, it kind of can uh, lend people to this, um, this sense of pride that they have information that others don't. And just lastly on this little section here, conspiracy theories, uh, and I think this is a big one, uh, Joseph. Conspiracy theories, uh, William McGall suggests, are born of fear and paranoia. I think that is a huge element in the mix mm. because conspiracy theories do are birthed out of the unknown, mm. uncertainty. So rather than, you know, kind of really uh, tackle that particular uh, situation, you know, objectively, um, theorists would jump in. This is why it happened. Uh, you know, and they'll just go at, uh, you know, enormous lengths to kind of connect the dots. Mm. And, and as, uh, William McCall says in the article, a lot of theories are born out of fear. And when people are in a fearful state, um, in a sense, conspiracy theories can somewhat be somewhat of an alleviator of their fear. So they're, so that kind of like, you know, as I said earlier, they, feels like it's connecting the dots. It's filling in the blanks as to why all these things are happening. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's from William McCall. Um, and, and it's interesting you share that, William, because um, talking about conspiracy theories, the whole reason that, that they are, uh, are believed uh, comes down to essentially, you know, one, that people want really desire knowledge. They really want to know yeah. what's going on around us. Yep. And, uh, and I think that's... Even even today, even right now, and uh, you know it's it, it, it's interesting. Even even what we're going through at the moment, you know, people will people will see that as a uh, that there's a conspiracy behind it, William. Yeah. Um, so that that's one of the reasons that they believe. Another reason is uh, that there's a need to uh, have an understanding of why things are happening. Yeah. Uh, so this need to feel safe and secure, and uh, and then I guess uh, there is a uh, there is an idea of uh, almost uh, sort of like a sense of belonging when you when you um, uh, believe this 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 theory or this yeah. understanding. So um, yeah. I want to share with something with you, Joseph. It's coming back from. Um Pastor Butcher's article, and I think this is quite relevant um, just to this whole idea of um, conspiracy theories. Um, in times of pandemics, now this is uh, quoting from the article, it says, in times of pandemics, uh, 
And by the way, we're just going to be open up front. We're not really going to tackle the COVID-19 vaccine thing. We don't want to jump on that tonight because um, uh, we just want to make this more of a general generic kind of a presentation because because that's whilst that's something that we're going through right now we've we've seen that we've had these various things over the years haven't we yeah we we, we want to look at the the big picture here yep um so let me share this article because it's uh, somewhat related to what's going on in our current climate but what but uh listen to this um alex knapp uh surname pronounced uh, knapp k-n-a-p-p so here's an article um Alex Knapp from Forbes magazine articulates in his article, quote, the original pandemic unmasking the eerily familiar conspiracy theories behind the Russian flu of 1889. That's that's the whole article title. Okay. Now, now catch this little bit, uh, Joseph. This is what Alex says. More than a century ago, the truthers of the day tried to blame a deadly influenza outbreak uh, on a technological innovation. Mm. And here he quotes, um, uh, back to the article. On January 31, 1890, the European edition of the New York Herald ran an item suggesting that the electric light was somehow responsible for a global influenza outbreak. After all, the, the disease has raged chiefly in towns where the electric light is in common use, the article noted. And Alex uh, went on to note that the disease, quote, has everywhere attacked telegraph employees, <laughs> end of quote. Okay. So the illness in question was the first modern influenza pandemic known as the Russian flu or la grippe, grippe, mm. however you want to term that. Yeah, yeah. So look, we're not going into the whole COVID debate because we know it's so polarizing. We don't want to kind of um, use this platform here. We do want to address the topic of conspiracies. And yeah. I think that's kind of a sub theme of what's going on in our climate. Yeah. Um, so, so William, why don't we then go and have a look at, you know, this, you know, what, okay. what, 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 you know, what, what does the Bible say? Because many conspiracy theories are not true, William. That, yeah. that, that'd be fair to say. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, earlier, you talked about nine, 11 yeah. uh, flat earth theory yep. i was just thinking as you were talking you know during trump's presidency the whole QAnon conspiracy and they all thought that um some you know leading uh, politicians like uh, hillary critton and democrats were part of this global ring of pedophilia networks etc um that was a huge one mm. and, and quite frankly um that was a big part of um Trump's uh, campaign is that there was this agenda that he was supposedly going to get rid of. Look, I'm not going to go down any further than that, but that was definitely found out to be a conspiracy, this QAnon conspiracy. So when you look at history, Joseph, there has been a lot of conspiracies that are just absolute nonsense. They have Mm. nothing to do with the truth. I I was just looking on the article this week, uh, you know, the 5G tower was going up. Um, in various parts of the country, some were saying that's connected to the, you know, the coronavirus. And again, I'm not going to touch on that. Yeah. I'll leave that there. But I'm just saying that I don't know if it's just Australia, but the world in general, there seems to be a hysteria because I think part of the problem is, Joseph, there's so much information. We're living in a digital age where there's so much information. Especially and I think now. The flip side, a lot of misinformation. Yep. People are. They don't trust the media anymore. Mm. Um, it, it, now it's everything's taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. And so we're living in a climate now where people are distrustful. You know, just a few minutes ago, we we're talking about mistrusting leaders. Religious leaders. And, and yep. that's just the general climate. So whenever yep. something's being said, now the, the real tendency is like, is it true? Mm. 
and people go on Google and they do all of their investigating, all their research, and they come up to their own conclusions. Mm. And, and yes, some of them are probably reputable, you know, people who are speaking from experience. And then there's others who are just blogging from their basement somewhere in the middle of nowhere and mm. they're gaining a large following. Yeah. Yep. So we have to That's, be careful when yeah. we talk about conspiracies. Where are you getting your source from? Mm. Where are you getting your material from? And that's the million dollar question because some people say, well, I'm getting it from a reputable person. Yeah. This person knows that person, that person knows this person and that's why it's reputable. Whereas, as we've seen in some conspiracies, it's... um. It's almost like um, the Chinese whispers game. They they hear something or they read something here, and you know, it's the flow on effect. Yeah. Yep. So like, so first point I want to make, uh, Joseph, um, many. I'm not going to say all, but mm. many, many. I see the vast majority of of what we would of people of of some of this news that's touted as truth is actually nothing more than conspiracy theories. Mm. Next part of this conversation is, um, when it comes to the Bible, Joseph, um, there are some, if you want to label it, conspiracies that were actually true. Okay. Um, and give, me, give us an example. So there's an example um, where, uh, say, in the Old Testament where uh, King Ahaz uh, of Judah, yeah. um, he was faced with conspiracy, um, with his conspiracy, sorry, which did, Im- did indeed prove to be true. Um, however, he was so distracted by it um, that his focus turned from God to a human source in an endeavor to resolve the predicament. So, I mean, there's quite a few numbers of uh, stories in the Bible where there were certain plots and, you know, uh, plans to dethrone kings. And, you know, it, it's, it's a historical book at the end of the day. I remember um, we think of the, the, uh, the record of Absalom. Who, who was conspiring to, to yeah. be king and take over from, from King David. Yeah, uh, excellent example. Yeah, cl- classic, classic there. Um, uh, we, we read in, in, in other places too where the people that, um, again, in the time of the, the Israelites um, and, and the Jews in the Old Testament, the people that, that who were against the conspirators that murdered Ammon, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 33 talks about that. Um, we come to the account regarding the... Um, uh, the enemies of Jesus. They were conspiring to see how they could they could catch Jesus, right? So, uh, yeah, you know, we we have a few examples. Yeah. And if I could just get right to the heart of the issue, um, Pastor Joseph, when you look at conspiracies with a capital C, we have to go to the direct source, if you will. And as um, as Seventh Day Adventist Christians, uh, as you and I are. Um, we see, I guess, the biblical narrative through this theme in which we call it the great controversy theme, which is between good and evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, all Christians believe it, but we just have an in-house way in which we describe it. We call it the great controversy. But when you think about the battle between good and evil, um, uh, Joseph, yeah. here's what I want to suggest to our listeners. And this is when you really boil it down, it funnels to this particular uh, story. Um we are reminded in Scripture. Now, if you're a listener, I want you to catch this. And we're talking from a biblical perspective. The first and the ultimate conspirator is none other than Satan. Ah. Now, let me explain that for a few moments, um, Joseph. Please. You see, when God created the world, he created a perfect universe. Uh, you read about it in the book of Genesis. But sin... Uh, God's uh, deviation from God's perfect plan. It, when you read through Scripture, um, Joseph, what you'll find is that sin 
originated with a created angel, a per, you know, perfect angel, so to speak, uh, whose name originally was Lucifer. So he was a, an angel. But what happened with Lucifer? He was filled with pride, and he and now catch this: he conspired against God, ah. spreading lies. Now you want to talk about conspiracy? Yeah. Here it is, right in the in the Bible, way back. Uh, Ezekiel twenty eight mentions um, yes. how Lucifer fell, and ultimately the classic passage when we're talking about this conversation: Isaiah chapter fourteen, verses twelve to fourteen, where we really get into the real heart of the matter: why Lucifer wanted to conspire against God, and so. When you look at it from a biblical perspective, um, and if you, you you realize the aftermath of what happened with um, Lucifer, he caused a third of the angels, as you would know, Joseph, mm. who believed the lie, and then they also conspired to take the throne by force, as it as it as it were. And then in the last book of the Bible, Revelation twelve, it describes what happened: war broke out in heaven, mm. and and Lucifer, the dragon, as he's mentioned in Revelation, he was kicked out of heaven, and the angels with him. So when we're Talking conspiracies from a biblical standpoint, um, it originated with none other than the prince of evil, this fallen angel that we know, who was called Lucifer, who his name now is Satan, mm. Satan, mean adversary, one yep. who is against. So, so I, I would say, um, if I could kind of connect some dots, uh, Joseph, is that what Satan began there. And what we're seeing in our world is really just the fruits of that original conspiracy, yeah. which was not a theory. Well, no. this actually wasn't a theory when you really think about it. Yeah. It was real. Yeah. He yeah. conspired to take the very place and position of God. Yeah, that 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 is really really good point that, that you brought out. The the ultimate conspiracy uh, that the Bible looks at, and coming up this week, later on this week, that that actual cons- that that whole. Conflict, the, the great controversy between good and evil, between uh, between God and Satan and the devil, is actually go- um, going to be unpacked a little bit more here on Drive Time. So, so stay tuned, folks. Uh, stay tuned. But um, look, William, we need to take a quick break. And just before the break, I want to let our listeners know that we have a uh, a great offer for you today, um, which is really going to help us just as we navigate the times in which we live in. It's a great book called Signs of Hope by Alejandro Bullon. And uh, this this great book will help us really well, uh, in a world in which life is no longer sacred, hunger and poverty are rampant, and natural disasters are worse than ever before. People are finding themselves hoping against hope that things will get better. And um, in this book, uh, you will find true signs of hope uh, that we can derive from God's Word and through through Jesus. And so if you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA17 to 048-880811. And the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word SA17. That's the letters SA and the number 17 to 048-880811. Let's just enjoy a little bit of music and we'll come right back as we're looking at what the Bible has to say about conspiracy theories here on Faith FM Drive Time. What a fellowship, what a joy divine Leaning on the everlasting arms What a blessedness, 
What a peace is mine Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning Leaning on the everlasting arms Sweet to walk in this pilgrim way Leaning on the everlasting arms Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day Leaning on the everlasting arms Leaning, leaning Safe and secure from all alarms to dread what have I to fear leaning on the everlasting arms I have blessed peace with my Lord so near leaning on the everlasting arms I'm leaning leaning safe and secure from all alone Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Joseph Maticic and William Mawala. And we're looking at making sense of conspiracy theories. And, uh, yeah, we wanted you to text us in uh, any conspiracy theories that, uh, that you, you're aware of there. And, uh, thank you. We, we have got a, uh, we've got a response there, William. Um, somebody has uh, texted in suggesting that COVID is a, is a, is, is a con. And so, yeah, we, we enjoy any response we get. Yeah. Uh, appreciate all, all the feedback. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for that. And we're, we're wanting to look here at uh, t- take a, a big, big picture and particularly we want to look at what does the bible have yep. to say about this and um just before you um yeah kind of bring this together for us william i want to remind our listeners again um we got a great offer for you it's a, a book called signs of hope and uh, this this book uh is is really one that um will help us understand how we can discover hope in the crisis, not only in this crisis that we're going through at the moment as a world, uh, but whatever we're facing. Signs of hope. If you'd like to get today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA17 to 
the text line number 0488880811 and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for your details. So text the code word SA17 to 0488880811. Well, William, in the time that we've got remaining, why don't you um, just uh, share with us um, how do we... Uh, from a biblical point of view, does the Bible have anything to say about conspiracy theories? Well, I think when you look at the Bible, um, uh, Joseph, you know, a few things um, as we wrap this up today. Um, I think we should never get ahead of what God wishes or he's trying to reveal to us. Okay. Let me explain that. You see, um, in John 13, verse 19, and particularly John fourteen twenty nine. Uh, I think John fourteen twenty nine. Jesus said to his disciples, "These things I've told you before it comes to pass, that when it does come to pass, you might believe." Mm. So, when you look at prophecy, it's such a rich, gives us a rich, broad outline of history. However, prophecy is most clearly understood once it's fulfilled. Um, so, just prior to Jesus' departure, his disciples came to what they thought was an essential question. The end of this story reveals that this is not the case, and so. When you look at the book of Acts, um, you know, the the disciples after the cross, they asked Jesus if he was going to restore the kingdom to Israel. In other words, vanquish the Romans, etc. Jesus responds by saying, it's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. That's in Acts 1, verses 6 and 7. So, very quickly, uh, Joseph, we shouldn't get ahead of what God's trying to reveal to us. Okay. Another point I'd like to uh, share with our listeners is there are things... Quite plainly, Joseph, we just do not need to know. You know, the book tells us in Mark 13, verse 32, um, disciples, um, Jesus said to his disciples, talking about the end times, when Jesus will return, he said, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So in other words, there were things that not even the disciples knew at that particular time. And, right. they, and so there are some things... We don't really need to know right now, Joseph. Mm. I think God's revealed to us, particularly as Christians, what he does want, his His will to make disciples, to spread the kingdom. There are some things that are just best left undone. Mm. A few, couple more points. Um, God, Christ has called us to be wise and not to indulge in useless specula- spe- speculation. You know, Jesus said to his disciples, uh, Joseph, in Matthew 10, he told them that he was sending them out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And then he told them to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You see, Joseph, if Christ has called us to be both wise and innocent, the question I have is why do we witness so many fellow Christians sharing conspiratorial, unproven, unverifiable gossip? I mean, I'm just being open with you, um, Joseph. You know, it really, I don't know what the word is, but we have a large membership of of believers in our faith tradition, Mm. in our particular faith denomination, in Seventh-day Adventists. And there is a group that, for some reason or another, they just flock to these so-called conspiracy theories that are out there, you know. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to say is we've got to be wise. You know, is that the best use of my time mm. to be reading and watching these things that, uh, you know, that really just take away and detract from our mission, which is to, to 
reach uh, people with the good news of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think Jesus is telling us to be wise. We got to be wise. We we have to be level headed. We need to be calm in mm. the in in what's going on. Um, and then, kind of lastly, what I really want to kind of draw out to our listeners is. Um, God hasn't called us to fear Joseph, but rather to something better. Mm. And I love that text there in Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter one and verse seven, where the apostle Paul says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." You see, Joseph frequently throughout the Bible, when the heavenly comes into contact with humanity, we read the words, "Don't be afraid" or "Fear not." But if you really think about it, what do conspiracies do? They actually do quite the opposite, Joseph. Yeah. They invoke fear and uncertainty. Yeah. So what does the Bible say? The biblical counsel is not to be afraid. Jesus has given us the power of, of love and of a sound mind. So when you kind of look at all these uh, biblical principles, I don't think as believers and as followers of Jesus we should be consumed in these conspiracy um, agendas, you know. As a pastor, I don't have time to be online watching all of these videos and presentations. You know, there's real people in my community that are hurting, mm-hmm. real people with real problems. I mean, I'd love to just sit down and watch all of all these documentaries and whatever, but we, I just simply don't have the time. Let me close on this side, Joseph, then you can wrap it up for us today. Uh, I love what Jesus says in Matthew 10 and verse 26. And this is my last um, little insight from the Bible. Jesus says, Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Mm. You know, that tells me something, Joseph. There will be coming a time when God will make all things plain. Yes. Right now, we just need to do, be doing our part. Yeah. We need to preach the gospel. We need to love people. We need to let them know that there is a God that cares and uh, leave the conspiracies to other people to debate and, and go back and forth. Mm. So to our listeners, if you're listening and you you just seem to be enthralled by the latest conspiracy or whatever it is, rabbit hole that you're chasing, you know, my advice is there are more productive things to be doing. And uh, look at the overall arching uh, picture of Jesus. The mission is to go make followers of Jesus. Mm. Well, it looks like our time's up for today. Thanks for joining Joseph Matichich and William Mawala. encourage you to join us again tomorrow when Gary Hodgkin will be joined by Eric Hoare as they look at the topic, Does the Bible Support Any Conspiracy Theories? Hope you can tune in then. May God richly bless you. <laughs> 